What a year. It's been one of them. Are you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get it. All right, yo, what's up? It's your boy, D. Starks. Starks to artists. You are now tuned in to the Just Different Podcast, where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. We're here for the last episode <sighs> of 2023. Last it's episode, been man. a ride. Yeah. It's been one of them, easily. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, because it's about that time, because every time we intro the pod, right? And we mentioned this once before, a while ago, and I haven't brought it back up, but you'll, <laughs> you'll say Starks the Artist, but you don't even go by that name anymore. Bro, ah, it's just, I changed my artist name, but I had just been saying it for so long. It just feels right when I say it. I know. <laughs> it just I know. feels we gotta, right. We got we to gotta switch it up, though, because it's about that time. And you got some music dropping, right? Okay. Okay. Here, let's do it again. Do it real quick. I just do like a run through just to see what it would sound like because I don't know if it would sound right. Go ahead. All right. Yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks. Jordan Starks. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it don't got the same. It don't got the nah, same we'll, ring we'll, to We're going to make it work though. What you, you um, out. but you music coming out uh, soon though. Go yes, ahead and plug now. Man. Yes. Y'all go ahead and tap in. It's coming out on the 20th, 12, 20, December 20th. That is next Wednesday. I'm dropping a little EP, MIA. Yeah, just go to my Instagram, underscore Jordan Starks. It'll be in the bio. You'll, you'll see it and everything. All right. I'm go really excited in. about that. I'm go very proud of you. You know, MIA because you have been missing in action. Facts. action. Facts. But I'm glad that you're getting it out, Yeah, you know, before the end of the year. And I actually, I saw a video today that reminded me of you and I think can, you know, help a lot of people. But... They said, you know what all your favorite songs have in common? It's that they were recorded. <laughs> <laughs> they Yo. were actually published. They were pushed and they were put out into the world. And I also saw something else that spoke about the fact that art can only be a gift when it's shared. Yeah. And, you know, I'm proud of you for continuing to take the leap through whatever hurdle it may be when it comes to esteem, comparison, et cetera, because a lot of people can kind of get stuck there at that yeah. Yeah. stage or that hurdle. But, you know, that's just more encouragement for you and everyone else is to do it anyway. You do know, it anyway. Taking it do back it to two years anyway. ago. I think that's even how I'm feeling going into next year. Yeah. Right. I think being able to stand in the face of your own fear and whatever voice in your head that's trying to hold you back and still take the step and show up is really what is ne- like is necessary for you to reach yeah. wherever you're looking at and whatever's next. So I'm excited yeah. to hear this. So make sure y'all go and tap in next tap Wednesday, in. 1220. Yes, sir. Let's get it. And with this being the last episode of the year, we're going to be taking the next two weeks off, which we usually do and we're going to be back january 3rd for the first episode going into 2024 i'm really excited we've got a lot of extremely special guests that are going to be coming on the podcast a lot of a lot of them which you all have requested and been asking about for a while and so we're looking forward to that and then we've also got some designs for some merch official locked in and That'll be on your radar going into the new year as well, which we're excited about. And a few other things, but um, 
but just know it's up all 2024. And so with that, this episode, we're going to be getting into our biggest lessons of the year. This is kind of a tradition that we do for the last episode. I guess we'll continue to go on, but just reflecting on a lot of the things that we felt really stood out that were pressed on our hearts um, and we definitely wanted to share. And so I'm going to let Jordan go first. We're going to go through our biggest three and I'm going to let you take it. Yeah. So I had a long list because I knew. Really? Yes. I, I, I honestly, this year I was thinking about it hard. Okay. I see it. Yeah. But it's pretty extensive. My, I, I didn't. I didn't. And I think mm. that because there was so, it was just a few that really hit home and right. needed no more explanation and kind of just trickled down into everything else. Gotcha. And it'll make, it'll probably make sense soon. But go ahead. Yeah. I, I would have to agree because I was going to get into that. I was going to mention how I had this long list of things. And the reason why is because we did an episode. I don't remember how long ago it was. Maybe a month or two ago not even that long ago really and it had convicted me because we were talking about how we said we would start writing stuff down right like writing because i had said last year that for this year i wanted to start writing a journal down at the end of each month of the lessons that i learned right so i wasn't forgetting the puzzle pieces that god was giving me and i realized i literally had been managing that so poorly and i wasn't doing it at all so since that point I, after the episode, I literally went and I sat down. I'm like, what have I learned this year? And I wrote down all the stuff that was coming to me. Um, so I'm going through this list, but I was like, this stuff is good and it's cool. But I'm like, what was the stuff that outside of looking at this list that just like stuck out? Like the biggest things that stuck out to me practically, like in my real life, walking out, how w- when this thing was absent, did I see it and notice it? blatantly absent from my life like i was analyzing i was really thinking on it so the biggest not the biggest one but one of the biggest biggest ones because i had to hone down three was fasting one of the biggest ones was fasting and i'm gonna reiterate some of what we talked about in a previous episode about increasing your capacity so this is something that god has showed me i think it was a month of august that i did a fast and he was showing me how when he pours he doesn't have pour Right. Like when we're asking God, like rain down your blessings on me, like pour into me. And then like he pours into us, he's pouring to the brim of what we have. Right. Whatever your capacity is, that's however, that's how much God can give you. God can want to give you so much more. But if your capacity is here, he can't give you all of that. Right. So something that fasting does is it increases your capacity to receive from God. Right. Fasting is the if I had to practically put it into definition, it's literally you denying your flesh and feeding your spirit, right? Put putting to death constantly your flesh and increasing your spirit, your discernment, right? It's like the act of leaning into something. And towards the end of this year, I fasted in August and I recognized I since August I really haven't fasted for real. Like talking about it, we we did a fast in um the the beginning of December, like like the first week, and it was a struggle. Like it was so, <laughs> I tell you, it was so it was so hard because we realized it had been so long since we had fasted, and we had become accustomed to in these small little ways feeding our flesh, right? Like even with eating, like 
eating what I want, whenever I want, how much of it that I want. Like in little ways, we were just doing what we wanted to do, right? And and prioritizing our comfort. Um, So God kind of had to convict me on this last stretch of the year. Like, yo, you kind of, you kind of let it go. Cause I was being consistent with fasting pretty much the whole year. At least once a month I was fasting. Um, but the point that I'm making is that whenever I stopped fasting, I, sh- I saw it in my life. Like when I look back, I'm like, dang, I feel like I just been so undisciplined. I feel like I haven't been reading as much as I should or really in my secret place the way that I was at one point. And then when I put the dots together, I'm like, yo, f- f- me fasting went hand in hand with that, right? I was I was training, I was training my myself to deny my flesh on a on a daily basis when I was fasting, weekly basis, however frequently I was doing it, and it got me in the habit of doing it. So on a daily basis, I'm just I, I'm I've become accustomed to denying my flesh and the desires that it wants and feeding into the desires of my spirit, um, because the word talks about. Because in Romans, it talks about Romans chapter eight, verse five, it says those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires, right? So it's, it's talking about how your flesh has desires and your spirit has desires. And what I had to learn was I can't change the desires of either or I can't change the desires of my flesh. I can't change the desires of my spirit. I can simply just decide which one I have my mind set on. Right. And the reason I'm saying that is because fasting is a practical way that you can do that. Me fasting is me practically setting my mind on my spirit and denying my flesh. Right. And and depending on what order you do that, and that's going to be what's leading your life. Um, so I think that that was one of the biggest lessons for me this year, because this was really the first year that I consistently fasted. Like it wasn't just like, oh, at the beginning of the year or once this year or twice this year, like I consistently I can say every month I was intentional about fasting at least three days, two days, however long it was. Um, but I noticed for the first time, like the fruits of doing that and how it affected me in a positive way in my walk with God. And when I stopped doing it, I saw the repercussions of that as, as that of that as well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really my first lesson. And that leads into one later, which is why I started with that one. But definitely, definitely fasting, definitely fasting for sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. And my my first one is one that I really got from a conversation that we had not too long ago, and it really stuck with me. But the idea is don't prioritize the Lord's work over the Lord's presence. And it really stemmed from Luke 10, 38 through 42, and it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, 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 the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And so that is really what I'm taking into next year, and that's just been the crux of everything 
that has really taken place this year in terms of where my success has happened, where I've fallen short, is understanding what is actually necessary and what's not. And really understanding like who is the author and finisher of all that is and not trying to put myself in that position of Jesus being right in front of me, accessible, ever present in my life, and me deciding to take a blind eye to do work he's not even asking me to do. And not that it's not beneficial, not that it's not advantageous, or it's actually on his behalf, but it's taking away from what my focus should really be. And so not prioritizing the Lord's work over the Lord's present mm. presence and and they're always being a priority on yeah. sitting with him instead of always trying to have our hands busy. You know, yeah. I think that it's an easy trap to fall into and it's deceptive and it even feels as if it's right and we're doing something that is godly and moral and of the kingdom. But if it's it's either him or nothing at all. Since he's all that needed, everything is just extra. And so that verse has definitely been carrying me through ever since I heard it. And one thing that I'm taking into next year is there's only one thing that's needed. And mm-hmm. if that's the focus of our life, of our attention, and what our eyes are set on, then we can do the impossible. And so I was just recently reminded of the story of Peter walking on water. And essentially, as we've heard before, the idea is as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can do the impossible. And so when we're looking at the mountain that we have to face, when we're looking at the dreams we want to accomplish or the vision that God's given us or everything that we're trying to reach in 2024, even for myself, I had to ask, yo, how can I achieve this? What am I going to do? What's the strategy? And the answer is to keep my eyes on him. Whatever seems impossible, improbable, or outside of my strength or even capability, my only way or path to get there is to keep my eyes on him. And if I'm trying to walk out and I get too focused on the doubt, all the insecurity, all the self-deprecating thoughts, and I'm just having my gaze divided, that's when I'm going to sink. And I'm not going to reach the destination that I have. But if I keep my eyes on him, anything is possible because he's the only thing that's needed. And so Hmm. I felt that tied in and definitely is just everything to me now. But that would be my first one. Man, I'm glad you said that because I, not that I forgot about that moment in in the scriptures that is documented, but I think it definitely kind of got pushed to the to the back of my mind. But that really, I don't remember when that really hit so different for me. At what point in the year? But I remember reading that, being like, "Yo, like, I don't know. It's made me feel like everything's gonna be all right. Like, <laughs> fact, like we're gonna be straight. You know, like we're gonna be good." <laughs> Um, Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things. Okay, so this literally goes right into my next lesson of the year. Um, because 
I, I can relate in the sense that I think really something that could be taken from that story is just distractions, right? Because he says you're worried about many things. And I'm reminded of the parable of the sower. And that's where, you know, I kind of get this lesson from, uh, which is in Matthew chapter 13, verses three. And I'm just going to read it for those of you who don't know the parable of the sower. So Jesus tells this parable and he says, a farmer went out to sow a seed as he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil and sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And I remember, it's so funny, the moment, I don't know what month it was, but I read this and I was sitting with it and I was like, trying to interpret i'm like hmm, i wonder what he means by this and that in the in the parable and i'm looking at thorns i'm like dang what could the thorns represent so and then i was like i wrote all that down and then i scroll a little bit down <laughs> and bro literally explained the parable so i was right. like i'm i'm sitting here trying to figure out what it means but he could try to be a bible it. scholar that's what i'm saying <laughs> i try to be a theologian but i scroll down <laughs> and said oh bro already did the work for me so <laughs> You scroll down a couple of verses. He says, listen then to what the parable of the sword means. So he explains it. I'm going to read that as well. He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is a seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they will last only a short time. When trouble comes or persecution comes because of the word, they will quickly fall away. And this is the one. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So, in the parable, he talks about seed that's sown, but the thorns come and choke it, right? And then he also explains that that means when the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So deceitfulness of wealth is really the one that helped me so much this year. Um, Definitely the worries of life in a very general sense, but, um, and deceitfulness of wealth goes into that. But I like how it specifies, specifies the deceitfulness of wealth, because I feel like if it's been one thing I've struggled with this this entire year, it's been stressing out about money. Um, like since the beginning of this year, it's been a reoccurring thing where almost like several times a month, I'm stressed out about, oh, the future and I got a plan for this and I got a plan for that. And if I'm going to get a house or I want to move and I want to do that, dang it. Well, my credit score is here and it could be a little better. And well, I have this job and it's only making me this much money a year. And I'm, and I'm, constantly this entire year it's just been it's keep coming it keeps coming up and it keeps coming up the deceitfulness of wealth and i think i probably recognize this verse uh maybe like a little bit after halfway in the year and it helped me so much and i will say it's definitely still something that i juggle with but i always get brought back to this where it's like god is trying to sow a seed of the kingdom in me and if i keep allowing the deceitfulness of wealth and the worries to choke it up he cannot manifest in the world what he wants to manifest through me. Um, so it brings me back to questioning what wealth really means. Because I think living in this world, 
especially when I'm going out and I'm working every day and I'm even just in my conversations, people are always talking about, oh, I need to make this amount of money and I, I don't have enough money and I need to work an extra shift. A bunch of just even in the stuff I'm hearing, it's just, it's always about you need more money. You need more of this. If you don't have more money, you're probably not going to be happy. I think that these are the implications as you hear so often. Um, but this always brings me back to recognizing, OK, what is genuine wealth? And the answer to that question is it's not it's not money, right? Like you can have all the money in the world, but where are you going to be when it comes, it comes time for on judgment day, right? Where, where's your, in terms of eternity, where are you going to be in terms of your, your the health of your soul? Like, where is that at? Right. Because the word it talks about, which we talked about in the word in um, an episode one time, what, What gain is it for a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? And this verse is literally saying you can literally add up all the wealth in the world and you gained all that in exchange for your soul. You lost that deal, bro. That's a bad deal. Your soul is more valuable than any amount of money, right? So I always brought myself back to this verse and that one as well, reminding me of, okay, what what's genuinely important here? very similar to your lesson that you just talked about, like getting caught up in stuff and getting brought back to, okay, being at the feet of Jesus, this is what really matters. And then God also showing me that he's the ultimate provision. Matthew six, right? He clothes the lilies of the field, right? How much more will you be clothed? So it's all been lining up. Matthew six, Matthew 13, the verse about, um, what profit is a man to gain the whole world? You lose his soul. All these things came came together for me to combat this lie because that's what it was. It was a lie telling me that finances and money were everything. And then God would always bring me back to these verses and, and reveal these things to me that would recenter me back to where I needed to be. Um, but that was definitely another big lesson for me because it's been, and it's only been this year. And I was talking to someone about this. It's so weird because I was never one to care about money. I never stressed about money, but I'm 20 now. So it kind of stuff, stuff catches up with you and you get, hmm, it kind of feels like life is really, really coming at you so quick when you get a little older. Because um, when I was 18, I didn't care for real. When I was 19, I didn't care for real. But when I turned 20, all of a sudden, I'm like really stressing about it. Um I think it's just a cultural pressure as well. Looking around, comparing at other people, how much money they have, um, all of that plays into it. But like I said, it always comes back to recognizing what is genuine wealth. And if I'm at the feet of Jesus, that is the that that's the height of wealth, right? What what more could I want than that? The Creator of all this, the one. Hmm. If everything is subjected under His feet, but I'm at His feet, what does that mean for me? That means that everything is also subjected under me. So, yeah, it's 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 that. It's simply that. So that that was a very big lesson for me too. And then my next lesson was from this, and it is it's a lot easier for us to create our own answer than to wait for God to give it to us, because I think that I've had an issue in clarity of what's next, what the future holds, what decision to make, how I should go about different things. And it's been frustrating trying to actually wait on God in those moments 
and see him through to just allow him to show up in the way that he does. And so in the midst of that, of my impatience and my frustration, it's a lot easier for me just to pick my own way, go my own path and find this answer than kind of waiting in the state of limbo on God. Yeah. And I also put down that sometimes we believe that we have to guess what God is thinking. And I think that in that period of waiting, my faith was really tested. And I had forgot and just dismissed the fact that it's our father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And as a child, you know, he wants me to have direction that he only wants what's best for me and is more than willing to give that to me in due time. And so like time after time, as I'm just kind of dismissing that small, still voice and just listen, you know, honestly being guided by my own, I kind of take him out of that process of heeding him in direction and what's next. And I actually saw something, I'm back on TikTok now. And so I'm seeing a lot of videos. A lot of them are actually like pretty helpful. A lot of times I'm just scrolling and I'm always asking myself like, yo, what did I actually learn or take away from this? But some of these are actually kind of going crazy. And so I saw a video and it was this woman talking about how she's been able to have a successful marriage of over 15 years. And one thing that she said was, it was the very first thing. And it was, um, don't make assumptions. Right. And more specifically, don't make any assumptions about your partner. And I thought she was going to go a different direction with that, but it went like a complete 180, but I, I loved it and it relates. So she said that she is constantly asking her significant other questions. She's always asking her husband, yo, what is your favorite color? Like, what do you like to eat? What are your hobbies? Because she wants to allow space for him to evolve and grow and not just assume like he's the same person that she met and or assume that there's not more intimacy that they can possess or go deeper in. Right. And I was like, wow, that's actually so powerful and makes a lot of sense. And I was like, yo, how many times did we do that with God? How many assumptions do we make about him and his character, even approaching his word, right? Like we're not asking any more questions or we're not petitioning him or we're not seeking him the way that we once did because we've gotten familiar and we think that we know enough. We think that we've seen every side of him or all that he can do for our life. And so we've stopped asking him questions. We've stopped trying to really Hmm. dive into intimacy with him. And I put down, if we want more of God, we can't be afraid of questions we don't have the answer to. And that kind of like just ties into um, me not going to God and just like choosing my own way. Because I'm in the midst of me being impatient and frustrated, I'm also making these assumptions. Like, oh, well, like, you know, I've heard this before. I kind of can see what direction this is going to go into and not understanding that, no, he wants to do a new thing. And to do that, we have to ask him questions. We have to go to him and he wants to give us those answers. But if we, if we don't approach him with that, then we can never get what we really need. And so I think that, you know, the key for me this year and going into next year, is like 
sounds basic <laughs> is asking God more questions. Yeah. Right? Like be genuinely curious about, okay, like what's your plan for my life? What do you want for me in this season? What are you trying to do? Um, and then, you know, whether that be approaching his word as well. Okay, like, yo, what did you mean by this? Like, all right, what is the significance of this? Why was this brought up? What were you trying to say here? And that's when he draws near. That's when he comes closer. And that's when you are provided the answers that you're looking for in due time. And so, you know, I was that was kind of sporadic. But I felt all of that mm-hmm. just came together yeah. and definitely it's like hit home for me is not believing that we have to guess what God is thinking and being having enough faith and courage to ask him the questions, knowing mm-hmm. that he will answer, right? It may not be on our timeline that we want or in the way that we predicted, but um, he does reply and he wants to. So that would be mine. I had to write that down in the middle of you talking. I'm not going to lie. That was good. That, hey. that was so fire. That was fire. That Shout was out fire. TikTok, gang. Real, hey. Real talk. You can find you can find some gems on Real there. Spill. You got sip through Real some stuff. Spill. You can find some gems on there. Um, now that's real talk because I'm I, I think I, I see I see that in my own life where you just kind of assume like oh well this is what God told me to do the last time I was in this situation. This is what He's always done. This is the way it's always been. Mm. This is the way he's always spoken to me. This is the way that it's always happened in my life. Or this is the sign that it's, this is uh, a sign that I've seen before. And it's the way that it came. Um, exactly. Not giving room for God to do a new thing, right? Not it, that he evolves, but our relationship yeah. with him does, you know? Man. So we have to be open it, to that. And I'm even noticing how in my own life, it becomes like a barrier to my secret place. Because it's like, I'm not seeking him to the extent that I really should be because of that assumption, like, Oh, like I'm going to ask him like, Oh God, lead me, but I'm still going to choose this. Cause I, cause I, cause I think that's what I should probably do. Right? right. And it's like, if I wasn't making that assumption, I would really be seeking his face. Like God show me in, in a very, you know, earnest and, and honest way. So yeah, that's, that's really good. That, that really just provoked a thought of me. Um, but on to my last lesson of the year. And and the reason I put this one last is because it's the most recent lesson that God has showed me. But also, the, I was <laughs> explaining to someone, I feel like the way that God works with me sometimes is he'll put like little breadcrumbs and it's like, he'll, he'll give me this right. and he'll give me that. And then two months later, I'm like, oh, like, is creating this like this is what he was trying to show me and literally the past this last quarter of the year the last um three months really four months he's been teaching me about um he's been teaching me about being dependent on him he's been teaching me about not prioritizing my own comfort over over his and his sheep those are very big lessons that he's been kind of reiterating to me but showing me very obviously the last last quarter of the year and then I'm reading in Luke and I read the scripture and then it all just comes together. Like I'm going to, I'm going to read the scripture first. Um, it's in Luke 17 verses seven through nine. He says, which of you who has a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he comes in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat. Will he not instead say to him, prepare something for me to eat and appropriately clothe yourself for service and serve me while I eat and drink. Then afterward, you may eat and drink. 
he does not thank the servant just because he did what he was ordered to do, does he? Um, and God showed me through this, like, what being a servant really means. Because I've also been continually reading, which I've talked about before, very recently on here, Malachi 1.6. A, um, a son honors his father and a servant his master. But if I'm a father, where's the, where's the honor? And if, if I'm a master, where's your fear of me? Um, so I talked about this, this dynamic here of being a son also being a servant and how we've learned how to be sons, but we haven't really learned how to be servants. And I remember after he showed me that, I asked him like, God, what does being a servant mean really? Cause I'm like, I get it, but I don't, you got to show me. Like, and I don't want to just be getting up here and saying that I want you to show me what that really means. And then I read this verse and it all clicked all the lessons he's been teaching me about being dependent on him, about um, not, not prioritizing my comfort. It all came together. So he told me I have a whole document here based just this whole lesson. Um, so he taught me about how being a servant is about being dependent on your master. That is one of the biggest parts about being a servant, because think about it. If you like a literal servant, like you get everything from your master, you get food, you get clothing, you get a roof over your head. Like you were provided for with everything. And in the sense of, um, I think obviously the connotation of that word is very different for us because of what we've experienced. But when you look at the word and the connotation of that in Colossians three, it talks about um, servants, honor your masters. And then it goes on to say masters provide your servants was fair and just for their work. Right. So that, that is the framework of what a servant means, right? Cause the, the word shapes our, our world and our mind and what we think about things and not what we've experienced. So yeah, uh, a servant is dependent on his master for everything, for for all his for all his provision, all her provision. So that's the first thing. That's that's what being a servant about, servant is about. And then he taught me that being a servant is also about pleasing your master, not man, including yourself. Like in Galatians one ten, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. He's literally saying. Because I'm a servant of Christ, I am not seeking to please man, including myself. Like, I'm seeking to please God because he's my master. Um, and something else I wrote down in here, I said, being a servant of Christ is a far better reality than being a king of my own kingdom. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if I have to even expound upon that. I think that really speaks for itself. We've all tried to be in the driver's seat of our lives at certain points, and we realized how terrible we were at driving. Like, terrible. I don't want to be. I, I I don't want to be in the driver's seat anymore. Like, I don't even need to expound upon that. We we can all relate to that in some sort of way. Um, we weren't even made for that position. We weren't made for that position. Um, and then I wrote at the bottom of it, I never want to view my comfort as too high a price to pay because I just got to the point, And this goes back with my fasting thing, even with this last fast I did in December, I just noticed how, how I slipped back into this mindset of prioritizing what was easiest for me, what was most comfortable for me. And it's just like, you can't prioritize your comfort. And that's a part of being a servant, because if God needs to call you to do something that's inconven inconvenient for you and you're like, oh, well, it'll be easier to go this way to work or it'll be easier to not talk to that person, mm -hmm. then you're just you're going to be disobe disobeying God. Um, 
prime example because I've I've been trying. I'm in Houston right now, and I've been trying to apply this stuff to my life. Obviously, like if you'd be a neg- negligent um, person if you receiving something you're not trying to apply it. I haven't been the best. I'm not going to sit here and say I've been perfect with applying this, but I've been trying. So tell me why. This is so random, but I'm sitting here. I'm trying to map out my day. Um, I'm chilling by myself. I don't really know what to do. So I'm like, I'm going to go to a coffee shop or something later on in the day, um, get some food, get some coffee. We had to get on a Zoom meeting. So I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm just going to do that. Right. So I'm looking at coffee shops. I look up a first batch. None of them really calling my name. So I just exit out of it. Right. I'm listening to a sermon. It's a Mike Todd sermon. And which was really good. It was called Kingdom Kingdom Couples, I think, with a K. It was good. But I was listening to it, and I, in the middle of me listening to it, I'm multitasking, still looking at these coffee shops. And I look it up again the second time, and one pops up that I didn't see the first time. It says L- London Cafe. And this may seem so random to some people, but I know the way God works. Like I, It's not co- Stuff ain't coincidence, bro. So I, I click on London Cafe, and literally as I click on it, Mike Todd says something about um, teas and crumpets. And I was like, you know how he'd be extravagant with his examples. I'm like, what did he just say, bro? So I go back and lo and behold, he's talking about like Lyndon or for some reason, he's like, Mm. I forget. He's tying in some sort of example for some reason. And he's saying that I'm like, London Cafe, right? But the only thing about this cafe is it was. I, I forgot to mention, I had found one a little earlier that I was rocking with heavy. Like, it looked cool, and it was it was close. It wasn't too far. And I'm Ubering, so I'm like, it'll save me money. And then I click this linen one. I'm like, dang, it's kind of further. And it don't look as good, bro. Like, the, the aesthetics ain't really doing what they need to do. I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to go. But someone's like, bro, just because it's inconvenient, I don't think it's a coincidence. And even if it is a coincidence, I like, I, I want to play it safe. Like, I don't want to miss out on anything that God wants me to do wants me to witness wants me to see right so i'm like okay cool i'm gonna go to this one it's gonna cost me a little bit more money whatever it don't look as cool for the pictures but i'm gonna go so i went and nothing happened like i just <laughs> nothing <laughs> that's crazy bear, bear with me bear with me bear that's with me, insane bear with me. no I'm like bro if you, if you didn't heal somebody from cancer <laughs> bear if you with didn't go me, and bro. pray on somebody bear doing all of that me. No, i'm saying i'm saying that's exactly my thought. So I'm in the Uber driver there. I'm like, okay, maybe this is a moment. I'm trying to talk up to the guy, but it's like, not for real. Like we just chopping it up. I don't see no, like, I don't <laughs> see no, uh, I, I was trying. I didn't see no opportunity That's or hilarious. nothing. So I'm like, cool. I get to the spot. No one's there, bro. Okay. That's what killed me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the spot, bro. There's going to be someone in there. I can like, there's going to be just one person in the corner. I'm going to see it, bro. And I'm going I'm to go minister to him. I walk in the spot, it's empty. No one else is there but me and the workers. I said, oh, okay. So I walk in, I sit down, I eat my food. I'm like, okay, I don't know. I was like, at this point, I don't even know what. So I'm just eating, I'm enjoying my food. I'm like, maybe God just wanted to see if I would be obedient, even if nothing really happened. I'm like, sure, I'm not mad about it. So I'm chilling, eating, getting on a Zoom call. I'm there for like two hours because mind you, I'm Ubering. So you got to be strategic with the Ubers. So I'm there for two hours and I'm heading on my way to another spot. So I called us Uber up. It's a, it's a the spot's 45 minutes away. It's a little bit away. So I get in the car, and guess what? This is the one. So I get in the car. Dude's driving. The first thing that I see on his hand, is, it said, God is love. It was a bunch of random stuff on his hand that he was writing. But the thing that stood out to me, it said, God is love. I'm like, hmm. I'm like, God is love. What does that mean? And then 
we got into this whole conversation. Um, man, it was a lot because I said it was 45 minutes. So we were talking the whole time. Um, but essentially, I found out that this guy, he was Christian. He grew up Baptist. He got married to a Muslim woman. He converted to Islam mainly because of her. They got divorced. And now he's in a place where he doesn't know. And he's like, I kind of want to go back to Christianity because, I, you know, that's my roots. Something's drawing me there. But it's like, I don't really know. And, I'm, and I was asking him, I said, what is keeping you from making that decision? And obviously, we're just chopping up about different stuff, the Bible, like what I believe, stuff like that. And he said, I just, I just need to be sure. Like, I, if I'm going to make this move, like, I need to be sure that, that this is the real and living guy. Like, I, I don't want to keep just jumping back and forth. So, yeah. So, we get out of the car. I'm, okay, so this was like five minutes. He said that like five minutes before we get out. So, I'm praying. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like, I, like, I don't know what to tell this man. Like, I don't, do you want me to pray for him? What do I do? And mind you, I mean... I didn't want to be satisfied with what I had already said because we had been talking and I was pouring into him a lot of scripture and stuff like that. I was like, maybe there's something more, like just in case, God, is there something else you want me to say? So for some reason, I feel led to tell him that like God's going to confirm it to him soon, right? Like, like, like give him the confirmation that he needs. So I get out of the car and I'm nervous. I'm like, I never really done this before. I was like, I was, <laughs> I've never really, I've never really, no, for real. Like, you, I've told people like, oh, God's going to reveal himself to you, but I've never said like soon or put a time. Like, I've never done that before. Right. So I'm like, oh, but something about it, I felt so sure at the same time because I knew this wasn't a coincidence. Like, God, this wasn't a coincidence. So I'm like, okay, I was, I was sure of myself, but I was also like, oh, I've never said nothing like this before. So we get out. I'm like, yo, you got any prayer requests? Da, 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 I'm going to be praying for you. He's like, yo, I really appreciate you. I was like, bro, of course, of course, of course. We got out the car, and I was like, one last thing. I was like, before I stepped out, I said, I said, <laughs> I said one last Hold thing. On, I just want you to, I just want you to know, like, it wasn't a coincidence that I was in this car at all. Like, it was not, I didn't get into details, but I was like, it wasn't a coincidence that I was here. This is your first confirmation. Like, this is a part of what you're looking for. It wasn't a coincidence I got in your car, and you're in the season of your life. Right. And on top of that, I believe that God is going to give you the confirmation on top of this that you need very soon. So just be intentional about, you know, seeking God, seeking, seeking for that. He was like, he was like, yeah, I appreciate you. He was like, it was, it was a real pleasure meeting you or something like that. And I was like, yeah, like for sure, for sure. And I get out. Um, I didn't even plan on telling that story, but I didn't even realize how that correlated, but it correlated to the message of being a servant and how it really was more inconvenient for me to go to this spot instead of the other spot. But if I went to the other spot, who would have said that? And that was another thing that's crazy. I get in a car and he tells me, I didn't even, I forgot about this. He said, that's so crazy. I was just about to go to spring, which is where we was going. It was like an hour away. He was like, that's so crazy. Like, look, I, he, was, he was like, look at that. Like I was just going that way. Um, but um, I could have went to the other spot. It was closer. It looked better. The food was probably better. Like, it, it, you know, it, it was more convenient. I was like, you know what, bro? I'm gonna go here because I feel that like I probably should. So I did, and then I got to pour into that, pour into that man. So that's fire. Yeah, I for, totally forgot. I, I didn't forget it happened, but because I don't want to say that, but I wasn't even planning on talking about that going into this episode. But um, being a servant, right? That's what he was teaching me about what that means very recently. So. That was like one of the biggest lessons of this year, for sure. Probably the biggest one. That's amazing, bro. I love whenever you come and you tell those stories about 
with the encounters that you have. I think that I want to, I want to step outside of my, I don't even necessarily say it's comfort zone. Mm. I I just want to be more intentional about getting in spaces next year, just to have encounters, interactions in moments, nothing that's forced because you never know what can happen, but just to be able to sit down with people and really understand where, everyone's at where they're coming from mm-hmm. being able to meet people from different backgrounds different seasons and moments in their life and if it turns into a moment where yeah. it can be what you've explained and you've come and you've recounted so many times and so be it but i need more of that but i think that is honestly insane and i love how you know how we talk about do you entertain angels in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, people that come into your life or a supernatural encounter you have yeah. that a person came in and gave you a word that you exactly needed in a different moment or a conversation that you had to hear in this particular season. And it, it's dope when you can be on the receiving end of that. And then also when you're the one that it's also used to be that for somebody else. Yeah. So that's also what I'm thinking about now. And, but to that point, this is my last lesson was, and I can't say this is exactly necessarily a lesson, but a last word of encouragement mm. for everybody that's listening. And what I'm just wanting to take with me into 2024 is what my mom said last episode. I don't know if you are able to hear it, um, oh. but it was so fire. She's, Bro. they're both insane, but she was speaking to the fact that our generation is the kingdom's most wanted. And all I put down for this last thing I wanted to say was, if you're still breathing, that means God's not done. And I feel like there can be such an attack on the position that we have as the king's kids, our confidence, our esteem of what we can achieve, what we can do. And then on top of that, everything that the world is telling us that we can't accomplish. and what we may not be able to actually reach or get to. And when you're sitting in front of all of these different realities of the vision God's giving you, what you know you're meant to do versus what everyone else is saying, it can be very paralyzing. It can be Mm. frightening. It can be discouraging, disappointing, everything in between. And I can say that for the first time in my life this year, I experienced all those emotions. Like This year was the first time that I didn't know mm. there was there was such a certainty <laughs> I've always had like my first 20 years of life of what my future was going to be, not in terms of the details in its entirety, but I knew I was going to make it like yeah. I knew that no matter where <laughs> I landed, it was going to be a place where I was successful and what yeah. I put my hand to um, succeeded and excelled beyond my own even imagination. And it was the first time this year where my faith was truly tested. And it was the first moment I looked at myself. I looked in the mirror and I was like, I don't know if we're going to make it out the hood. (laughs) It was like, it was, it was a genuine. Oh, man. And it wasn't like I had lost all hope, but it was the first time I was a big question mark and I had no idea. And it was because my eyes were on everything else. I was giving in 
so much to my anxiety and the statistics of the stats of what is achievable and what you can do. And, you know, even especially when it comes to media and entertainment and my dream of like being able to do this like full time, it was like everything around me telling me, no, you can't. And I don't know if this is actually achievable. Um, and I say all that to say is, I say all that to say is the fact that, again, if you're still breathing, God's not done. And we are the kingdom's most wanted. Um, and God wants to use us. And so it's just time for us to step into that in its totality and stop going back and forth like i think we like to play this line of we don't know if we want to fully commit because we may disappoint ourselves and what if i i don't make it or or what if i don't i don't get to where i need to but if god is the author and the finisher of our reality of our life and everything under him and everything is subjected under his feet, then we're always going to land where we need to. And God is all, God has given all of us the measure of faith we need for the purpose that we have. We just have to step into that with no question, no hesitation and keep showing up. Just take the step in the face of fear. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that we won't have these thoughts. We won't have these doubts or insecurities. It just means that in spite of that, I'm going to choose what God has said about me. Anyway, I'm going to choose the path that he set before me. I'm going to choose the vision that he gave me. I'm going to choose my dream, my conviction. It was given to me for a reason to Jordan's point. None of this is by accident. And we still have, we have to stop treating it as such. Right. no, you were given that business plan for a reason. You were given that dream to go be an actor for a reason. You were given this conviction to go be a doctor, to go finish school. And God's going to give us everything we need to make sure we're sustained through it. And But we just have, we have to, bro, hold on. Because I, I, we me and you were talking about this yesterday, so I yeah. have to bring this up. But we have to do our part and all we have to do is believe, even if it's just a little bit. And we have to realize that faith produce, faith produces the work that creates success. And so what's needed is to be disciplined, is to be consistent and to show up. But I'm only going to do that if I have faith that I'm, I can get to where I'm going to go, right? And so when we're looking back, and I was thinking about this, of even in my own life so far, and when I think about where I'm going to be and where God wants to take me, when I look back and I ask myself, why did God do it? The answer is going to be because I believe he could, mm. right? Like he did it in my life because I had the faith to believe that he could actually achieve it, right? He can, we can do nothing outside of that, outside of this belief, outside of that hope and that optimism for the future. And as soon as the enemy gets a hold of that and cripples that, it's when we're paralyzed because no one acts on what they don't believe. And so I'm never going to take the steps in the direction of building the business if I don't believe I can do so. I'm never going to yeah. take the steps into going to college if I don't believe this is the path I should take and mm -hmm. I can actually accomplish this. And so, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> for real. It's but fire, though. All, all, all to point to the fact that, yo, we're still here for a reason and there's still so much more ahead for each and every one of us that's listening and i think that there was a big blow to mine and a lot of other people's confidence this year and what they believe they can achieve for the future but god's not done it's not 
and yeah, I, I think that's the that's the title. God's not done. Mm. There, 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 there is so much more, and all we have to do is continue to believe and allow Him to do what He does. And, yeah. Um, and we can do the impossible as long as we keep our eyes on Him. Right. That is the only thing that's needed. So. That's pretty much it. That's all I really have. Yeah. <laughs> He's not done and it's not done. He never will be. So I'm I'm really excited for this next year. I feel like I, I do I, I said that last year, but you know, I, I do believe that everything I wanted to do last year, I'm gonna be able to do this next year. Um mm-hmm. there was still another lesson. There was still a lot of another step or another level um yeah. to get there. But yeah, that's the one. God's chosen generation. <laughs> Kingdom's most wanted. Kingdom's most wanted. Here. Oh, that's what you said. I said God's chosen. That's so fire. The kingdom's most wanted. Hmm. That's oh it. man. That's crazy. All right, that's man. It. Y'all know what it is. I love y'all so much. Like I oh, said, yes. January third, we are back. We're taking the next two weeks off. Again, merch is coming soon. Tap in. It's actually, I really love the design that oh, we have put together and what we have. I think you all are going to love it. Um, yeah, honestly, literally all we're waiting on right now is the samples to get in. And after, you know, we're, it, and after that, and after we've tested them and we've worn them ourselves, we're going to put them up for sale and we're going to go crazy going into next year. Something I really want to do is next year. And I'm putting pressure on myself now that I say it publicly, but March 30th is my birthday. It's on a Saturday. We had rumblings and talks of doing a live show this year. It just didn't pan out because we couldn't get the venue and timing and me and Jordan were traveling. But it would be a dream come true. And after everything that has happened and taken place, for that to be our first live show ever. Mm. So... I'm putting that out there. We'll see what happens. But keep that on the radar. Anyways, y'all the family. We love y'all. Again, we hope y'all enjoy New Year's and every other holiday you'll be celebrating. Take your time. Take time to rest, to recoup with your family, whatever you need to do. Um, and just just know we're the kingdom most wanted. Thanks. Right? God's not done. So let's get yeah. it. But you know what it is. Stay you. Stay real. Stay humble. We'll catch y'all next year. Much love.